Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Burgundy Network Podcast with Josh Taylor, HTTR. What's up, Redskins Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Burgundy Network Podcast. Got a special episode today, and this one is brought to you by the team at Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Best trimmer out there on the market, for sure. I mean, it's like the Ferrari of trimmers, so check it out. Love Manscaped to death. Uh, But this is a special episode because I have Steve from Let's Talk Redskins coming back to talk about some of the uh, recent events with signings, trades, all that good stuff. And then we just wrapped up a talk with Lake Lewis Jr. And man, uh, I got to tell you, Steve, I know you've worked with him before, but I was just thoroughly impressed by Lake uh, after our conversation. Uh, definitely one of the best in the business. Oh, for sure, man. Me and, me and Lake, we've actually uh, on LTR, we've had him uh, probably like one, two to three times on the show. And he's just not only do you get a professional guy that knows exactly what's going on, but you have a guy that's just down to earth and he is, he's a fan. And that's going back to, I mean, we're not as big as him, but it's just going back to our motto, a fan reporting about the team that you love. And you can just see his love for the team. But at the same time, you can see that he takes time out of his day to make sure that people that give him props or the people that led him to where he is, he gives them a big old shout out. Absolutely. Like, and that's one thing I, I really recognize talking to him was he does have this relationship with these players and he says it, he's like, you know, Trent's my guy. Like we talked about the Trent situation. So, but yep. he, you can tell in his voice, like he cares about the players, but he really loves his team. And he does a great job. So I'm excited to bring that sure. to y'all. Uh, but before that, we still have a lot to catch up on a lot of what I will say culture cuts, you know, with Monte Dunbar, it's, that was pretty much beginning of the week, getting that out the way. Um, but then some other picks that we, you know, didn't really expect. And I'll start with what might actually be my second favorite signing behind Kendall Fuller. And a lot of people are going to be mad at me for this. But Peyton Barber, this guy was the Bucks' leading rusher in 2018. And last season he had six touchdowns with only like 150 carries last year, which is pretty insane. He averaged like yep. seven yards a carry or something. Mm-hmm. but that is more touchdowns than any running back had on our team last year. And people are like irate about this. Like, well, our running back room's full. Why are we signing? We signed JD, who was a third down back. Like, he's not going to be a solid running back, too, right. like behind AP. I love this signing. But, Steve, what do you think? So what people fail to realize is, again, I'm not a professional, but – when you do a low-level signing or just a cheap signing, you know, we keep me and you, I mean, you kind of started it, but I jumped on the, the yard sale, Jan, Ron, you know, uh, kind of, you know, uh, LLC. <laughs> um, but um, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, for sure. Um, it, let's, that doesn't mean that he's going to get a roster spot. Um, let's, let, let's put that out there. Um, I'm not saying that I don't think he will, but you just, it's not guaranteed. But at the end of the day, I, I, I agree that he is he's a solid back. And what this kind of and we talked about it in our group chat that this might show the JD McKissick 
and the Peyton Barber shutout signing might show that Darius Geis and Bryce Love might not be where they're at, where people think they are. People can say, oh, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. But again, like we said last podcast, there is a difference between being football ready and being athletically ready. And so as at, at Love, he can say that he's ready. But you haven't played football in like two years, bro. And I and I, I can't wait to see you on the field because in college he was phenomenal. If you are in if you're in the running for a Heisman and you're not a quarterback, that means you're doing something right. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So like it, I, I can't wait to see him. But you don't really know if you're ready until you're out there. And that's the same thing with guys. Guys thought he was ready last year. Look and, and or his first year. They thought he first was ready. Game back. The first yep, first game back, he got injured. Then he can then he came back again. And guess what? He got injured again. You know what I'm saying? So, like, granted, what we saw him, these glimpses that we're seeing, we know that this guy's going to be a solidified back. He is a bruiser. He is a good running back. But there's a difference between being athletically ready and being football ready. Football ready, meaning you're going to be able to take these hits. Your your knees are going to be able to 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 withhold your ankles, your your upper body, not mostly lower body, because that's when you have a lower body extremity, you know, hurt. I mean, injury, it, 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 it takes a toll on your body more than an upper body does. Um, well, that's what the league is right now. You can't hit yeah, high, for you're sure. going to get flagged. You have to go for sure. low. That's what Landon's been phenomenal at is wrapping up tackles down low. Yep, yeah. yep. And I mean, and, and also at the end, when uh, Lake, when you guys hear it later on, um, he was talking about Morgan Moses, and you guys know how I feel about Morgan Moses, but I wasn't going to say it in front of Lake. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but, but he, he actually brought a lot more insight um, than what, I'm, what, what I really didn't know. Um, and it made me open my eyes a little bit more about Morgan Moses, um, about his two ankle injuries. And um, Chris, my my co-host, he actually uh, played lineman in the um, Arena League, and he played a little minor league uh, football, and he also played for Team America, and he's played high school and college and stuff like that. But he said with linemen, those lower extremity injuries only get worse because people chop block, and you have all this weight on these um, ankles and these knees and once you have one it continues to roll downhill and you continue to injure them so the fact that he said that and that goes for running backs too because running backs you're running and you're gonna get chop blocked you're gonna get hit low and like you said the league is changing so again it's the difference between being football ready and being athletically ready so this is a insurance policy and it's it's a pretty it's a good one he's not bad but he's not He's not a great running back, but he's a solid one that if we need him to come in in a pinch and get us some good yardage, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and it's it's funny because, you know, I mean, I don't want to pull out the list of the 100 running backs we've had the last three years, but it's long, and we haven't had yeah. that solid backup. Like, I can't remember the last, like, legit backup we had since, like, the Alfred Morris days, but okay. he brings that. And it's two years, $3 million, six hundred k guaranteed. If he doesn't yep. make the team, you're literally losing like nothing. Yeah, that's for what sure. a lot of these guys were. But yep. to be honest with you, I think this leans more towards that Love might not be ready, and if he isn't, this is like, all right, you know, Barber, you're up to go. But the right. one thing that people are really overlooking with Peyton Barber is right now on our roster, he is the best blocking running back we have straight up. You you need to have that that running back that can block too. And I think that he brings that. So I think that's something that people need to think about going into training camp that could help him edge out a guy like Geis if he's not healthy or love to, to make those active uh, roster spots come game day. Mm -hmm. 
for sure. And he's solid too. He's I think he's like two hundred and something pounds. Oh, he's a bowling um, ball, dude. Yeah, you know for sure. And 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 that 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 <laughs> when it, again when it comes to and I always tell people the reason and I think I said it last pod too about Chris Thompson. Um, and that's why I like J.D. McKissick a lot because he was a little bit bigger. But when it comes to weight for running backs per se, um, it lets you be able to take those hits a little bit easier than if you're a lighter running back. So the fact that he can move the way that he does and he's that big, it, it, it it's a good combination. Yeah, I watched him a lot at Auburn, and they're just, you know, throwing out bruising running backs left and right. Um, so he was fun to watch. I had to root against him, but I can root for him now and – for sure. I uh, posted that cool thing that he put up uh, with him in a Redskins jersey and his little playing peewee. So I just, I, it's just little things like that yeah. make you root for Absolutely. the guy. So I'm pulling for him. Uh, but uh, one that we kind of scratched our heads at was, uh, you know, we were waiting for this tight end signing. We finally got one with Richard Rodgers. Um, he's been on the IR, I think, pretty much like the last two years he's been yep. inactive. He might have played like a game or two, but um, his dad is an assistant on the defense, uh, defensive staff, so it's you know, he has that connection, but, you know, I had to really think about this when, you know, he had a famous catch, you mentioned it in the group chat, uh, with Aaron Rodgers catching the Hail Mary, I think it was against the Lions. Yep. So, like, he might be a red zone threat, that's kind of how I'm seeing it as, he is that big body guy who can go up and get it in a crowd, so, what's what's kind of like your assessment, just kind of, I know we've kind of looked at each player, broke it down a little bit, but that's what I saw out of it, but what did you see taking a look at him? He's a depth guy for sure. I mean, right now, if we don't draft one or if we don't sign another one, I see him starting. Um, and that 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 worries a lot of us because for a sure. lot of these all, all offenses are running through tight ends. As you can see Travis Kelsey and like Mark Andrews and stuff like that. So you see a lot of offenses running through tight ends. Um, but I think this is more of a depth. And like you said, red zone, we – in the past two years have probably been the worst in red zone since Jay was here, (laughs) since Jay was here, since after Jay left, it's, we just can't get it in the red zone um, with, with running or passing, but more so passing. And that's why we had to let go Josh, because that was our bread and butter. It's like, we drafted you to get the jump ball in the end zone, like you did in TCU. And you failed to do that on multiple occasions. So if we can at least get one guy, even if he's a depth guy, we put him in and we get a touchdown, that's the difference between six points and zero or three. And so to me, it's a depth guy, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not ecstatic about it. I still think that we need to get a solidified starter. Oh, for sure. But, but um, it, it's a good depth signing. And he's like they, John Kime actually just broke down the numbers today, and he's literally making nothing. So again, we don't even know if he's going to make the roster. Yeah. So these are again, these are all just depth signings. We kind of go into that with Lake, and we've all discussed it before. These are all just depth, just to make sure we have enough players to run a football game instead of going with guys off the street. Yeah, no, we have a history of injuries, and these guys are really low risk, but are hungry. They've either started before, they know what it's like, they want to get back to that, and they're not afraid to lace up and get back in there. And, you know, we signed uh, guard Jeremy uh, Vujinovic. Yeah. Um, but you know, he started for the Colts two years ago. Solid guard. One of my friends yep. is diehard Colts fan. He said, yeah, like we needed him to step up, and he started the entire season. You know, he yep. had some injuries, uh, but he stepped back in with the Cardinals when he needed to, still, you know, made some plays. Small school prospect, you know, undrafted coming out of college. But 
you know, is coming back from those injuries. It's like, it's like Ron Rivera is just like calling all these guys that, you know, have something to prove and they're coming back from these injuries, coming back from getting cut from teams. And it's like this like superhero team kind of like, you know, like sure. redeem yourself. Yep. Um, and I think, I think he would be a solid depth too. Um, we have a lot of pieces move around the offensive line and we've had a lot of injuries. I mean, I remember going to the Bucks game, what was it, like two years ago? And it seemed like we lost like four linemen in one game. So I like these yep. these solid foundation guys. And that's pretty much what I compare it to is Ron building up this house from his foundation. Yep. Because then if someone gets hurt in the game, like you're left with nothing. We can't go back to 2018 where we're literally playing with an XFL team, literally yep. with Josh Johnson. Um, but I'm all for it. And yeah. And I, I know you've been a fan of it too, uh, but outside of that, um, the one that's been getting a lot of attention is Kyle Allen, and you know people just freaking out over this fifth round pick, and I understand it. You know we do mock drafts all day long. We see who is in the fifth round. It's huge. You can get wide receivers there. You can get a corner in the fifth, and you know Ron had some interesting comments uh, when he went on the radio show with. Uh, in Charlotte, but uh, Kyle Stackpole really brought us, uh, you know, the attention in the, in the comments and everything. What do you think about what he said? I loved it, and there's a lot of good nuggets in there I want to talk about, but what's, what's your first initial reaction when you were reading Kyle's posts? Look, I mean, at the end of the day, um, he's, I wouldn't call him a proven winner, um, and I, I don't think that Ron just sent, <laughs> brought him in just because he knows the playbook. I mean, if that was the case, you could have brought in anybody. We couldn't gotten Will Greer for like a seventh round pick if that's the case. Um, but but it's not just because he knows the playbook. I think that helps Dwayne's um, knowledge of his playbook a lot, and I think he factored that in. Um, but I think that a fifth, it, at first, it seemed kind of pricey. Just like you said, you know, there's a lot of things that we could have gotten, a lot of guys we could have gotten in the fifth. But um, we got that fifth back. It might have been a couple of a couple of you know um, draft positions lower with the Seahawks but um I think it's solid I think that at the end of the day uh, he is a guy that you can trust no matter if even if you're not Ron Rivera that if Dwayne does go down god forbid um he can come in and he can uh keep the ship afloat exactly well and like you, and you kind of went against it but I'll kind of go the other way on it I think that's why the grade was like that. And we heard from Albert Breer uh, today. Not We're both not really sure how valid it is, but you know, I, I think he's a, a liable source. Uh, I respect what he says. That the Patriots were also looking at um, trading for Allen too. So it seems like we kind of won that. And who knows? It might have been, you know, we were offering to, like us and the Patriots were offering a six, then we had to kind of outbid them. Right. That's something to think about too. That's might be That might be why it went like that. But I think Ron really loves having him. Because like you said, you know, Haskins did have that injury at the end of the last season. If he gets nicked up one game, I think Kyle can come in and he's not like, all right, guys, like I didn't get a lot of reps. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know the offense as well as I should. I'm still young. Yep. He, he does bring that. And I think that him and Haskins are going to be good study buddies. I think that he's going to push him, not really to compete. Like he's not coming for his job. And Ron even said no. himself, yep. you know, the host said, hey, is Dwayne Haskins your starting QB? Is that what you're believing going into training camp? And Ron said, quote, unquote, that's what we're going into camp believing, and they're absolutely going to compete. Yep. So, you know, he he's banking on these young guys, and yep. he's just bringing in that support. It doesn't have to be a wide receiver. It doesn't have to be a tight end. 
you can bring in support from a QB mm-hmm. that's going to help him grow and learn the offense. And I liked it. If it cost us a fifth, so be it. We might still be getting picks. Who knows? You know, yeah, Kerrigan could know. go for a fifth. <laughs> yeah. I think Kerrigan might. I think he might know a little bit more than a fifth, depending. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, get, I agree. we can still get the value back. For sure, no, for sure. And I, I think at the end of the day, um, whatever you. You, you want to surround your, your franchise quarterback with as much help as possible. And I think that he actually uh, speeds up that process um, helping Dwayne. Because at the end of the day, I think that Ron probably had a conversation with him. was like, look, this is your job. This is your role. Now I want you to compete with him. I want you to push him. And I think that Kyle Allen has a very good understanding that he is not the starting quarterback and his job is to help. And so um, – and I think he, I, I honestly believe that he would be okay with that. So, I mean, if that if that is a conversation, I mean, that again, that's a win-win for us. Yeah, and one thing that people aren't thinking about, you know, with this coronavirus, some things might be pushed back. Like, we, they might not be able to get as much training, as much practice as one would like. So, like, yep. it's it's a crazy situation, but it's it still might happen. Yep. And just having that one little difference of having a guy that knows the offense – young he doesn't come with some you know terrible vet contract like no nope. what did you want to go sign like i'm sure even flacco like i'm not gonna lie like his head's inflated he thinks he's worth more than he actually is worth for sure like, yes it would have been nice but like honestly i'd rather have kyle allen than joe flacco yep. straight up i agree i agree uh, and it's six hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, exactly. and then he has two years of um we own his rights for two years of being a uh what is it called a uh, it, he's like a restricted free agent essentially for the next two years after this year. So Exactly. I, I mean, I think it's good. And the thing that I thought was interesting about his, uh, you know, comments, you know, they, they kind of talked about Cam. That, that's a big story in the NFL right now. Is where's Cam going to go? Like, it's a big surprise, just like Jameis Winston. But, you know, the guy, the host asked him, like, hey, like, you know, what's the, what's the interest like in Cam Newton? And, Ron was real quick to shut it down. You know, he didn't down Cam. He loves him to death, but he said, "Look, we have we have a, a young QB in a good position. You know, we we have a chance to set and establish things. So that's what we're going to look at. You yep. know, right now we've made a commitment to our young guys to find out yep. what we are as a team. Like what? <laughs> and people yeah. are upset at what Ron has done this off season. Like, what else do you want besides that? You know, it's crazy. His fans were actually complaining last year as well, and I, I was one of them, that they didn't give Dwayne Haskins enough time um, to to learn, to, to, to at least go play. And I at least said it like, look, we can't call him a bust unless you give him proper preparation and you give him a full season. Now, granted, barring injuries, I want you to not pull him out. Don't sit there and boo for Kyle Allen once Dwayne starts doing bad because he's going to have his struggles. It's a new offense. It's a new regime. It's a new everything to him. And so at the end of the day, give this guy a chance. And when he doesn't, like, it, just give him a chance. And then once once he does, let's just say, you know, God forbid he does really poorly after one year, then we can start having those conversations. But give him that year and the fact that Ron – has actually came out and admitted this is my quarterback that to me was music to my ears so it's like look you you have to believe in him we gave him a first round pick and let's just be honest this guy is a first round talent oh yeah Dwayne Haskins is good 
So why not? Why not? This guy, he was like the, I think they, he said they, they said he was the highest rated quarterback barring his first two games he was thrown into. But when he actually got a chance to start and had preparation, he was the highest rated rookie quarterback last year. I mean, that tells you enough. You want know, to be honest with you? This is his rookie season. For sure. I don't For count sure. I agree. against him. You know how many I times agree. I went to training camp last year? Yep. I was there probably eight, not, not going to lie, like eight days. And you know how many times he got first or even second second team reps? Not a single one until the last day. Yep. He was third string quarterback in reps throughout all of training camp. There's yep. a huge difference, you know, throwing with the first team, going with the first team offensive line, getting used to each other, and being with the third team throughout all of practice for like a month. Yep. A whole month. Yep. Yep. And people don't people don't understand things like that. Yep. And then the whole like him coming in bad situations, you know, not having probably any practice with Keenum, uh, you know, at quarterback against the Vikings coming yep. in and then, you know, going against the Bills soon after on the road. There's yep. a lot that goes into it. Like I don't yep. think it could have been a worse situation. No. A delusional head coach. Yep. A semi delusional interim head coach who runs the ball eighty times a game. Yep. Who doesn't really know how to develop him. And yes, we had KOC. But there's still just a lot that had to go into it. So. No, for sure. And, and and as much as much as the Giants are delusional and David Gettleman and they I don't think they're doing anything right in that organization, to be honest with you. The one thing they actually did right was when they finally brought in Daniel Jones, they let him run first team reps, even though he didn't start for like two weeks to two to three weeks straight. And then once he had down at least somewhat of the offense and they got him comfortable, they let him rip. And let's just be honest, as much as I don't like him, we both agree on that. And as much as we don't like the Giants, he put up numbers. Exactly. And so once and then and then once you once we actually implemented the playbook and we we actually let Dwayne get reps and understand the playbook and gave him preparation, he started doing really, really well. Yeah. And you know what's mind blowing? They had to kick a I mean, it's it's debatable, but possible Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback out of the first you know starting quarterback spot to start Jones, and we had yep. freaking Case Keenum, and we couldn't yep. do it. No, yeah, that that's know. just like yeah. To me, that it showed. He kept saying that I did not, I did not say that I didn't want uh, Dwayne here, but I mean, it showed, bro. Your actions speak a lot louder than your words. So yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Don't don't even get me started on the AP being an active week one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, bro. We, we that, could chase this trail so yeah, far. Yeah, for sure. But Jay was just delusional, and you, you could just tell he didn't yeah. want. I think he was trying everything in his power to get fired, and it got him fired. Yeah, it, it, but it just speaks volumes to me that Ron hasn't even stepped on the field yet as the coach, and he's making power moves and saying we have a young core. This yep. he said it in his press conference, like when he said like why he wanted to come to the Redskins. He said it's looking at this yep. young core, like you can build this team however you want. You're not taking like yes, he was taking over a circus. But yep. he's not taking over this just, you know, big mess of a team. Like, you have a young core to build off of. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, look, we have a young quarterback. He's in a position to win. I've made that commitment to him and this entire team that we're going to take a look at what we have as a team and, like, do this the right way. So if it yep. fails, they're all going to fail together. Yep. It's not going to be, agree. well, I don't want to experiment this. Let me go sign the most expensive players I can and get desperate in winning games and and we're more than likely going to fail if we do that. But, oh, yep. well, at least I'm spending our money. Yep. And, you know, we talk about that with, like, spending the money, how this has looked, and I'm, I'm all for it. 
And then, yep. you know, I don't mean to get on this huge debacle. We kind of chased that a little bit, but we have to really implement that. Uh, but sure. last night, the most recent signing, I think, we haven't signed anyone else yet today, have we? Mm, no. 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 So Cody Latimer, former second-round pick, another one of those guys that Ron called him and said, hey, do you want to redeem yourself? He said, yeah. I like this pick. Um, you know, some people on Twitter weren't too high of it. And, you know, of course it's not a Mark Cooper. But to me, this is a guy who could possibly be a wide receiver three, maybe even a wide receiver like four. It just depends on, you know, who steps up. But the production might not have been there. And, you know, people are going to – I call them GameCast fans. You know, that's another trademark of mine. They go <laughs> online and say, all right, what do you do? Oh, shoot, he, he hasn't had, you know, this many yards yet. I understand it. I'm with you. You have, you know, proof to back what you're saying. But in Denver, you know, you said it. Yeah, he was at the end of Peyton Manning's, you know, career where he was kind of declining and the defense was carrying the team. But then he's also behind Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. How many times are you going to throw to him instead of Demarius Thomas possibly in his prime and yep. same with Sanders? Yep. I mean, what, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, for sure. Again, it's another depth signing. And then if you go to the Giants, they they had they had um, what's his name? Um, mm, the guy they got from the Eagle. What is his name? Uh, uh, yeah, gold. They had Golden Tate. They had a whole bunch of. They had they had uh, Sterling Shepard, and then they got that rookie they just got that that broke out last year. So again, do you really think they're gonna? Again, there, there's only one ball to throw around, exactly. and you have three starting receivers with Daniel Jones. Yeah, exactly. And Daniel Jones, and then you have Saquon Barkley, again, who is a wide receiver in himself. So, I mean, again, this guy, I'm not going to say that he's never had his chance because he shot up the boards. He was supposed to be a fourth-round pick. I did a little research on him, and then he ended up going in the second. Um, but the big thing that I saw about him, that granted he hasn't had the best career, and then they were talking about his suicide interview he had just a couple of days ago and stuff like that, and – um, and granted, he might have some issues. I mean, I, I guarantee almost a lot of players have a lot of, you know, psychological issues. They just don't talk about it. And he actually opened up about it. But the big thing that I saw was that someone actually broke down his tape and looked at him and was like, look, a guy his size should not be running routes like he does. Yeah. Um, and regardless of his production, he actually is a, a pretty solid guy. And going back to um, when we were talking about Richard Rodgers, the, the end zone and red zone. He's a big guy, and I guarantee he'll go up and get the ball. So, again, this is, again, something that we – Ron is realizing that we have really, really bad red zone play, and he's getting guys that will set us up to get into the red zone or, 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 or do better than we have before. So, to me, again, a very low-cap um, depth signing that, again, all of these guys, like Lake, you'll hear it later on, these guys are prove-it. Every, every single one of these guys except for Kendall Fuller is a prove-it. And it's 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 a it's a it's a win win. If they don't prove it and we cut them, okay, that's that we, we barely lose anything. But if they somehow find a gem, that's gonna make Ron look like a hero. Exactly. And if you cut them, real quick, shout out to Michael Haas. He's the one that really he, he every time we sign someone, he brings me a quick breakdown and saves me so much time. So shout out to Michael Haas on Twitter. Um, but it, that's exactly what it is. You know, we talk about it. If Peyton Barber doesn't cut out for you cool like you cut them and it's like 600k guaranteed we're not yep. investing millions of dollars in these guys nope. you're investing in a stock like bitcoin or something like that that could potentially take off if not you just pull out and you say okay it just didn't work like okay there's, yep. there's literally i don't i would i think it's safe to say there's literally no you know risk of any losses in this we're not we nope. haven't signed one guy where it's like 
oh man, we might have overpaid him. Like I don't know, right. like Sean Davis maybe just because of his injuries and it was. Like, I don't even think I don't even think he had that much guaranteed money. Like granted, like I said the last pod, we gave him five million dollars and like Lewis like kind of like one mil guaranteed or something. Yeah, 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 right for sure. And like and and when when people they see that big five million dollars, but that doesn't mean you're getting it. There's a lot of incentives. So I think it was like a three million dollar base with incentives with Sean Davis, yeah. and. A lot of these guys, it's incentive-based. Every contract is incentive-based. So you're going to see that base salary of like, let's just say like $10 million. We'll say Kendall Fuller. But I guarantee they're paying him seven with a lot with, with incentives. You have to have incentives because I'm not going to just pay a player for what he did. I want to see what you're going to do. And so all these guys are incentive-based. And even though we paid Sean Davis, I knew he was going to be the starter. And Lake Lewis just kind of proved it when we talked to him. Because five million dollars, that that's a starter, yeah. and so. But at the end of the day, it's 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 low risk, high reward. And so none of these guys, except for Kendall Fuller, had big guaranteed money. And so if we cut them, we're not losing much. Oh, absolutely. And you know, like it, it, it's 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 that liability. Like you need as a coach, you need something to fall back on. You don't want the season to end in week eight, week nine, just because guys get hurt. Yep. And I've liked it so far, uh, but you know, outside of free agency, a big story today. Uh, I mean, some people listen late. This is Thursday the twenty-sixth. Uh, the the Trent update, and it's something like talks about brings a lot of light to us. But the biggest thing today was Trent, his agent Vincent Taylor. I'm a Taylor, so I'm kind of, you know, he's, he's kind of <laughs> putting a bad name on us. But uh, <laughs> just his agent coming on one hundred six seven the fan. Uh, and they yeah, they asked some you know hot questions or something that he avoided like they asked did uh, the Redskins ever get like a second round offer for Trent and he they said he just kind of avoided the whole question every time they brought it up uh, but so I mean he knows what Trent's worth and yep. he once again just throwing stuff out there lighting that fire I know you have a good bit to say about this. And I, I just want you to go off because I agree hundred percent with every single <laughs> word you say. And we went on a little to go, a little debacle, and I'm going to attach that to this too because it's really good on the second half how we just really spit it out. But how do you feel about the whole situation? Like I'm, I'm just going to because we already had a little rant. I'm just going to cut it short. I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to get straight to the point. At the end of the day, um, and I actually I think I think we talked about it earlier, and because you were we we were talking about injuries and what his worth was, and I I like kind of brought into that too but at the end of the day you're talking about a left tackle which is on the offense beside the quarterback is the most important position on the offense um and you could probably argue that's one of top five most important positions on the entire team um and his accolades granted he's had an injury history i got it but what lyman really hasn't um but um I think he's worth it too. Will they get it? Probably not. And like kind of pushes through that and he's like, yeah, there's no way they're getting that. But if you think about it in a bidding war, why would you not start high? If you start high, excuse me, if you start high and you work your way down and um, uh, what's his name? Ian Rappaport actually said it. He kind of debunked all of what Vincent Taylor was saying. And because Vincent Taylor had mentioned, oh, the Redskins keep changing their price and they keep they don't know what they're doing. And he's Aaron like Aaron Rappaport was like, No. They've literally said, All right, if you won't do it too, and they even and Ian Rappaport actually went on NFL access and said, Granted, they've actually come down from that second round pick. 
if you guys don't know that. And they said, all right, if you won't take a second, let's try to work something out. So they've been working with him, but they like I like we you're, you're going to hear it in my rant later on that it, at the end I'm sorry it's frustrating because this guy someone has to be the bad guy exactly. and so if you're his agent you're not going to talk bad about Trent so of course he has to you know put the Redskins on blast but that just doesn't sound like number one Trent's character number two that doesn't sound like Ron's character so at the end of the day there's a lot of lying in there regardless of what people think about Vincent Taylor. And I just, I don't think that any of it was true. I think that there's some truth in there, here and there sprinkled, but I don't think that's true at all. Cause at the end of the day, I like Lake had said later on, it, the Redskins have all the leverage. So if you really think that the Redskins don't have the leverage with this new CBA, they have every single leverage. And actually, I think that um, Vincent Taylor actually said it during the interview that they have Trent in a bad spot because they have the leverage. He actually admitted it. And at the end of the day, it's either you play with us or you or, or you accept something that you don't want. So it's it the ball's in Trent's court essentially. So I mean it's frustrating. It really is. Um but I want him back, but if we can get two thirds for him, I me personally I wouldn't accept one third. I think you had said earlier a third and a fifth. I mean that might be okay with you, but again, I'm not okay with it just because Trent is the best left tackle in my opinion in the entire NFL. I, I'll take that that two thirds, but if we can get a second somehow out of this, or maybe like a third and a player, I'd be down with that too. Yeah, no, I mean, people are going to disagree on what we believe, and it, once again, injuries, how long he hasn't played, contract, all kind of—it's like a formula, but you don't really know what the numbers are. So, right, it's it's just a game that we are all a hundred percent ready to get over with you know we've all been patient as fans we've stuck up for him and it it seems like the tide is finally turning to where the fans that are with him and we still love his game still appreciate everything he did for sure we're just completely we're we're in the same mood as trent we are ready to move on and just refresh uh, the career but so jordan at redskins stage just said we could have at least 130 million in cap next season and the, the first reply, the first reply said, "Have we contacted any big name free agents about next year?" <laughs> <laughs> I love. I either have a I have a love hate relationship with Redskins Twitter, and yeah. uh, people are hilarious. With that. I thought that was good, you know. Yeah, people for always, sure. People always ask, "Was it that football four one one?" Hey, like yeah. has has Redskins talked to me today? Like, no, we don't yeah. know. Yeah, Nobody no. knows who we've reached out to, but no. um. Yeah, so I'm going to insert our rant at the end of this because it's just us. Before we even like started recording, it's just us like talking and how we really feel about it. And I thought it was funny, so I definitely want to put that in. Um, and then, obviously, we have the Lake interview in the second part of it. So I hope you all enjoy that as much as uh, me and Steve did. And according to uh, Goodell, the uh, draft is 100% on, yep. on schedule. They're going to change things around, but that came out today also. So that might push me to do a special episode next week. Might, I don't know. I kind of had this, had an idea. I'm not going to say it yet, but I had a really cool idea um, that I was thinking about doing with somebody. But I'll throw it out to Steve when we get off. But hope you all enjoy the Lake Lewis uh, interview because, honestly, I'm not 100%. Like, I haven't been doing this long, but that was for sure, like, the best interview I've ever had with anyone I've talked to. And I've, 
I've talked to college players and some other guys out there, but love Lake, especially after that. Uh, see his love for the team, but hope you all enjoy it, and we will be bringing another episode next week. HGTR. It's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe, clean cut up the sideline with the cutting edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. He would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0. There is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches. Grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt the result will be a touchdown. Like, if I'm Trent, I'm firing you tomorrow. Like, oh, right now. Sure. Like, you literally just made me look like an idiot. Who was it that fired their agent and, like, said, I'm going to... Uh represent myself nadamakin sue he literally fired yep. his agent and was like i'm gonna be my own agent yeah like, because he's and, and you know what's even crazier is i heard a rumor that they that this guy apparently isn't a certified agent he's like literally like a guy that is a friend of a friend oh my gosh yeah like legit like but he just trusts him with his money that's, that's literally well, they, what it they is they said he's jason peter's agent too yeah oh my and he's he's somebody else's it's, it's trent jpp and somebody it's somebody else too yeah, it's just and but he's making like a big guys. deal out of it. Like, I don't understand this narrative of them saying, "Oh, he he didn't even give Trent the time of day until Greg Olson came in." Greg Olson has nothing to do with Trent. Yeah, like, well, bro, what you, you're making a story out of nothing. And Greg Olson was on a time schedule. He's like, "Hey, I'm like taking my visits this day, this day, that right. day." And, and you're still on my decision. team. Exactly. You're not going <laughs> into it. We have till April to figure what yeah. what we're gonna do with you. Like, like no, we have all the time. Like. The, if you were really serious about Ron, you would have came to his press conference. Let's yeah. just be honest. Oh, that's a good. Like, like, come on, bro. If you were really serious about being really on this team, you would have came yep. to the Ring of Honor. You would have came to press conference. Yep, you would have came to his press conference. You would have reached out to him. Like, why are you waiting for him to reach out to you? What, 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 what are we children? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I don't think that half of this stuff is really true. Because I, me personally, the way that Trent carries himself, the way that he even like, for instance, when he even talked about. Like when he first came back and everyone, you know, surrounded him in the locker room and he actually put it out like he is a cool down to earth guy. Like I've actually talked to him. I have a picture with him at training camp and we actually got to talk to him a little bit because we were literally face to face with this guy. And he was just like so cool, calm and collected. And then on top of that, when the rumor came out that he told Bruce that he didn't want to get anybody fired, you really think that he, he wants all this drama? Like, come on, bro. I don't think this is Trent. I don't I really don't no. But yeah, like you said, the the uh, videos of him when he reported, he was cool. Like he was like, "Man, look, like I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. I'm yep. just doing like pretty much what I'm being told is my best yep. interest." 
Yep. I recorded like I needed to. Yep. I'm still not going to play, but I'm literally doing what I need to. Like, and I don't understand. I don't understand when they say this is a bad relationship that needs to be gone. The old regime is gone, so I'm not understanding where this bad blood is still. He said he loves Dan, and he's the only one left. So if you love Dan this much, I, I can almost guarantee that Ron's not talking crap to you. Like, let's. Uh, I I don't get it. There's so like uh, this conflicting stuff just doesn't make sense to me. And he said no one visited him. I like Trent said well, that. Dance well, D Hall like, helped him. Yeah, and D Hall yeah. visited. He D. said D Hall came and so, like seen. Yeah. That's like that's still rescue. Like it's not present it, teams. Like what do you want Jonathan Allen to come show up and be like, hey man, like I know I'm a rookie, but I felt like right. I need to fly out to what was like Ohio to come see you. Like, but at the end of the day, didn't uh, you have to? It was during the season too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that. And even if it was off season, you're still doing stuff during the off season. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, did he, did he go visit other people while they were injured? I'm not, I'm not understanding. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they didn't know the severity of it until it finally, you know, came to a surface. Like, I don't, I don't, no one knows. And with me today, special guest, have the pleasure of having Lake Lewis Jr., the owner of Sports Journey and Washington Redskins Insider, on the podcast. Lake, absolute pleasure having you on, man. How are you doing today? Good, I'm good. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. No doubt. Just talking about a little bit of the hot topics going on within the team right now. So I'd say number one, uh, with Ron's free agency being what uh, most people would say is conservative, has some fans a little uneasy. I personally have liked the approach. Um, but mm-hmm. what's what's kind of your uh, evaluation of how Ron's uh, done with this first free agency? I mean, I like it. I mean, it's it's – no, they haven't really made big splashes, but they've brought in some players that all, you know, have some experience, you know, and that's a big deal. You know, they they're also guys that if they don't win starting jobs, which I think all of them have been, you know, told, you know, hey, you have a chance to come in here and compete. And if you earn your keep, you you'll be on the field. But if not. If they don't win starting jobs, they're still going to be adequate backups. And that's something that I think is going to be important for the Redskins going forward, you know, that they keep acquiring depth. You know, that's what separates the good teams from the bad teams and uh, great teams from the good teams. You know, you have a lot of guys that can fill in when you have injuries. And as you both know, this team has had a lot of injuries, a rash of injuries over the last two seasons, like, you know, epic proportions. So, I like what they're doing. I do. I, I think that, you know, out of like seven, eight guys that they brought in, I think three of them will be starters. Um, and I think that you have a chance to maybe have two more possibly be, you know, starters, which which would mean you had a pretty good free agent uh, group come in. Yeah, so I know I've, I've been saying that I think the one that's going to surprise people the most is Cornelius Lucas battling with Morgan Moses. Uh, mm-hmm. You kind of mentioned that you said you might, you know, we might have three starters. Who's the three guys, just real quick, that you think could uh, absolutely make some battles at training camp? Well, I mean, you know, you got the first and foremost start. Look at the uh, offensive line, and I agree with you. I think Lucas has a legitimate shot. Uh, you know, if if not at right, I mean, maybe you might give him an opportunity at left, depending yeah. on what happens with Trent. So I actually have him in on my end as starting left tackle. I do. I really do. Um, I don't think Morgan's play 
has warranted him not being in favor because I, you know, that's my guy. And a lot of people don't realize this, but Morgan has been playing on two bad ankles for two years. And I'll come out and say it on your show. The, the training staff at the time dropped the ball on that. And he was supposed to have ankle surgery on both ankles two seasons ago. They told him not to. They told him to have it on one per season, and he's done that the past two seasons. So this would be like the first season going in three seasons where he would be healthy. So before we write him off, you know, this is a guy that's played in every game hurt. And, you know, he goes down, he comes back, and he plays. So not to stray off the subject, but I think that, you know, he still would be your right right tackle. I do. Um, I think the kid from Pittsburgh, you know, um, I'm going brain dead here, Sean uh, Davis, I think, uh, um, you know, at safety, I think he has a legitimate shot to start as well. And uh, because let's face it, when you when you release Monte Nicholson, that's a sign that, you know, (laughs) they're obviously going in a different direction. I will say I'm a Penn State alum, so I'm a little biased. I think Troy Apke, (laughs) you know, I I thought he played well last year when when he was in there. I really did. I thought he and Landon actually meshed a little better together. Uh, So, you know, that would be two. And then you have to think of, you know, naturally, you know, Kendall Fuller comes to mind. Um, I'm not so sure that Kendall Fuller is being brought back here to specifically be in the slot where he was when he was previously here. I I think, you know, with them moving on from Dunbar, you know, you have Jimmy Moreland who was playing some slot stuff last year. You have Danny Johnson, you know, who came back a little late in the year uh, from an injury Uh, the year before he had showed a lot of promise as a rookie. So, uh, you know, uh, Fuller, Johnson, and, um, you know, you you look at some of the guys they have, they're kind of interchangeable so it's going to be interesting to see who they put on the outside. Uh, I think Fabian Moreau will be on one side, but it'll be interesting. And think about it. Fabian Moreau was another guy that was actually playing in the slot a couple years ago. So they're all interchangeable. Yeah, so, I mean, there are definitely uh, – we saw, like you said, Apke had that big game against the 49ers. Him and Lena looked good together. So you never know. Mm-hmm. But we do have that depth, and I'm, I've personally been impressed. I, I've been telling people it's like Ron's building his foundation for the home. You know, yes. some coaches get yes. desperate and get drowning in these huge contracts. And they're just like, we need to win now. You know, this is a results-focused league, and it is. But at the same time, you want to build the house the right way or the foundation will crumble. So do you think that the Redskins are looking to possibly sign any more uh, significant players that might have an influence on the draft? I'm not going to ask for names, but like any positions that you think they would be looking to fill uh, leading up to the draft. You know, this that's a great question, and, and I was just telling someone uh, two days ago that I think that right now what you're probably going to end up seeing from them is, you know, the it, well, we hope so, but probably what's going to happen because, you know, everything may be delayed because of, you know, the COVID-19 situation. Um, you know, you're probably going to be looking at the late cuts now that the Redskins will take a look at. You know, they're they're – you know, we always have that that late cut, um, you know, in June and, you know, cap hits, you know, cap casualties. But these are normally players that, you know, can start or can come into a situation and improve some things. So that's probably what they're going to be looking at. I mean, if they're going to make another move it, it, again, you know, you just brought in another running back um, yesterday. That's just those are those are depth things. And those are things where you have bodies that will compete. 
and, and I like it. I do. I mean, I, I've heard you say, you know, earlier that, that you like what Ron Rivera is doing. I do too. You know, this is the same fan base that when I first got here, the fan base was loving the splashes, you know, the, the, the big, the big names that were signing. And, and I used to just say, man, these, these guys are other people's trash. I mean, just call it like it is. I hate to, hate to call another play, a player trash or anything, but what I'm saying is their better days were behind them, and that's the reason why most of the time you're let go. I mean, you look at a Josh Norman right now. Buffalo gets him. I can ask you guys with a straight face. Are his better days behind him? I think we all know that they are. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. Um, so now Buffalo gets him probably on a cheaper end than what the Redskins got him from Carolina. You know, so so with all that being said, I, I think right now what the Redskins are doing, they're trying to bring in enough quality professional players that, you know, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle with a couple of these guys. But for the most part, I, I think Ron Rivera likes a lot of the young talent that was already on this football team just so much so that he didn't feel like they needed to go out and get, you know, high priced veterans. And also, when you're a young football team that that didn't win a lot of games, this year is kind of an evaluation year at the end of the day for Ron Rivera. I mean, he's going to get guys on the field, work with them in practice, work with them in game time situations. And then the games, obviously, you'll give him a, a full year to really assess, you know, what is this talent base on this team? I kind of want to chime in on that. And I, so I, I – I was talking to uh, Zach Selby from the Redskins. Uh, me and him were pretty good friends. And um, mm -hmm. I actually asked him when all the free agency was going on. I was like, hey, man, you know, what do you really think about this? What's going on? I kind of asked the same typical question. And he was more so like he just he gave me this long answer. We were, you know, messaging back and forth. And it kind of was essentially the same thing. But he broke it down to a simple science of it. Ron in his interview or his press conference said mm -hmm that he was going to be active in free agency and all the fans are like oh how do you call this active and he was like but what they're not understanding is that doesn't mean a big splash he is right. very active we signed like 10 11 players that's pretty active and 10 11 and the players end, that you have to do your homework on right too. exactly and yeah. so like he was like look at the end of the day the one thing that he stayed true to was he said in the beginning i believe in this team this is the reason why I came is because Absolutely. everyone that's on this team that is a up and coming young player, I believe in the young core of this team. So why would why would he change that? You know what I'm saying? So like that I, I completely agree with you. Like that's just like and I was telling a lot of people, like, granted, do you want some of these big splashes? The only big splash that I really wanted to see and that we swung and we kind of missed on was Amari Cooper. Just because like when it comes to wide receiver, I felt like the next one below him in the free agency class, it was like night and day to me. Yeah, yeah. And you know, so, like, oh, go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, with Amari Cooper, I don't necessarily feel like they swung and missed. I feel like, you know, that $60 million guaranteed that he got from the Cowboys, the Redskins weren't giving him $60 million guaranteed. I can assure you that. So he went where the money was, and he went with what he's familiar with, which is a great – signing for him i mean you right. stay where you're comfortable and you get more money yeah um, but I, but in doing so the redskins raised the value up on the cowboys cap mm -hmm. number <laughs> i mean listen for sure you know, you know so there was a win-win in this at the end of the day and i'll be the first to tell you i don't personally feel like they needed 
Amari Cooper. Um, I like the young talent that they have in house right now, and I'm on. Uh, I'm in line with if you can draft a receiver, maybe in the third, maybe in the fourth or fifth. I mean, I, I know it's not a lot of picks here. I think some of that will shape up as the draft gets closer. They'll move Trent. They'll get something. So maybe you you know this is a great receiving core uh, coming out this year. You mm-hmm. can get a guy in the mid round that could be a guy that really produces, you know, similar to what they had last year. So, you know, again, I was at that press conference. I also was in Charlotte for the game where the Redskins beat Ron Rivera and the Panthers. And he had a a chance to see up close and personal, literally what these young guys could do. He saw the future of this team too, as far as Darius Geis, that was his best game as a pro, Um, you know, with Adrian Peterson, you saw that tandem working. Uh, you saw the offensive line playing downhill and, and you know, uh, Wes Martin, you know, another guy. At, people are talking about Eric Flowers leaving. Well, there's a reason why they didn't sign Eric Flowers back, and that's because Wes Martin played well enough that they feel like he can be, you know, their opening day starter. Uh, sure. They're not going to hand him, you know, left guard job. But at the end of the day, um, I would be shocked if he's not your starting left guard this year. Right. So. That's what we're talking about, all three of us. Ron Rivera sees those young players. And, and I ask people this all the time about Ron Rivera. Outside of Cam Newton, yeah, he had the MVP season. Name three or four stars, like superstars, on the Panthers roster under Ron Rivera. Naturally, you're going to say Luke Keekley on defense, Cam Newton on offense. Uh, McCaffrey it. wasn't there, really, during that, you know, during the run. He just recently got there. But that was it, really. Steve Smith was out. So I think he wins with, I don't want to say no names because that's disrespectful. But you guys know what I mean. Yeah, he, right. he wins with a collective group of people rowing in the same direction. And anyone that's a malcontent, they're not going to be around. And honestly, I like this. I really mm-hmm. do. It's yeah. a night and day difference from what I've covered. Oh, yeah. It, sure. it, it really does seem like, you know, especially during that evaluation that he talked about, you know, we're going to watch player tapes, you know, for every single person. And I, like you said, if they don't fit in this plan, he's not going to, you know, force a square, you know, block into a circle hole. Um, so lastly, I really got to ask you because, you know, this was something that was brought up again today. Uh, I know mm-hmm. it's a situation that you've been around for a, a while now with Trent Williams. Uh, with, mm-hmm. his, with his agent coming out, you know, Vincent Taylor coming on 106.7, the fan. Um, we've heard a lot, you know, with Ian Rappaport, uh, Albert Greer, even uh, Mike Ruffalo kind of throwing out their bits on it. We've heard a little bit of everything. I, I really respect your opinion, so I want to know what you've heard or what you've been around throughout this whole situation. I mean, I don't think uh, – I mean, listen, turns my guy. You know, he, he's he's – it, 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 it pains me to, to think that, you know, he won't be playing for the Redskins because he's a guy that's endured a lot here. And, you know, all these wholesale changes were made. And, and don't think Trent Williams wasn't in mind in some of these things. <laughs> Clearly he was. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's just best to move on. You know, sometimes it's just like a relationship that you still have a lot of love for the person, but it's just not there. And sometimes you have to move on. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like at this point right now, it's best for the Redskins to move on. But I also think that both both parties really need each other more than they're letting on. 
the Redskins need that left tackle. <laughs> they, they need him here, um, especially to protect their their investment. The biggest investment they have is Dwayne Haskins, you know, as far as their future. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, I'll, I'll go further, you know, you know, go a little bit more in depth. If you draft a Chase Young, how awesome would it be for him to have to go up against one of the best ever, uh, at, you know, in practice every day just to yep. get him even better? So there's little things that it would make sense on a lot of reasons for, for them to keep Trent here. And it would be a lot of reasons for Trent to to, to want to stay here. But I just think that, you know, what's happened, unfortunately, the damage has already been done. And I do see them moving on. But keep in mind, he's still under contract. And they're not going to just give him away, um, you know, for a ham sandwich like uh, DeAndre Hopkins was given away from Houston. <laughs> you know, they're not going to do that. And I don't blame them. I mean, you, the Redskins really have all the leverage here at the end of the day. And if you're Trent Williams, you cannot sit out two years in a row. That's that's just, I mean, that that would not be good for him. So it's unheard of. So this thing might get interesting. So I say this to answer your question, not to get so long-winded on you, but it's not a foregone conclusion that he's, done here you know it, he, there's a chance he still could be here I doubt it but it's still not over you know to as they say to a fat lady sings <laughs> I was gonna say that's exactly what I've been saying to everybody it's like everyone keeps saying that and it's nothing against Trent because right. that was like that's been my guy since forever like he has to be besides Kerrigan or like land I mean, not Landon Collins but a uh, London Fudge, you know just like one of those right. guys that's just like a fan favorite you know right and right. it's just like but at the end of the day with this new CBA if you sit out you've now lost a year you're not like the, they're making it so players can't sit out now right. and so like at the end of the day people think that Trent has leverage they're they're fooling themselves because no, no, no. they has no leverage here. right exactly and so like when he when 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 his agent came on the show and I was like man this guy is just in my opinion I mean granted I know that you had to say certain things to try to help your client out and you have to essentially to make your client not look bad you have to make the Redskins look bad because someone has to be the bad guy in this situation but right. I, I mean I get it but at the end of the day let's just be honest you're you're not you're, you're not speaking truth Right. And so, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, let's just be like, I don't know, like it to me that that just like it, it fueled a fire that really didn't need to be lit because they were saying essentially that, you know, Ian Rappaport and, and, and Mike have been saying all all day long that it, it it's the contract that's the issue. Stop asking for so much money. Now, granted, like you said, we're not going to give them away. And I was just saying this earlier to somebody and I was saying that granted. He might be asking for a second round pick. I got it. That that might be a lot because of his quote unquote injury history. I get it. But at the end of the day, let's look at his let's look at his accolades because we cannot compare him to Quentin Dunbar. Because granted, we gave we kind of gave away Quentin Dunbar. I mean, some people think we kind of gave him away. I get it. But at the end of the day, he is not Trent Williams. And so, regardless if he is injury or not, like look at his accolades. If if we look at everybody, he's probably and everyone would kind of agree that this is the best left tackle in the NFL right now. And you can't you can't go around that. Yeah, I mean, but he's also coming off a year of not playing football after That's true. Ha after having you know some injury filled seasons. And again, a new coach will come in here, regardless of how great the player is. They're trying to establish you know, a new culture, culture of, do you want to be here? If you want to be here, we're going to work with you. If you're not sure if you want to be here, you're iffy, 
they don't want you here. And you, you can't have one guy be unsure about his place. And especially if that one guy just happens to be your most talented player, period. <laughs> and that's Trent. So, yeah, sure. so again, you can't just get rid of a talent like that for nothing. You've, you've, you've got to hold, you know, hold your cards tight and, yep. and, and hopefully you can squeeze a second rounder out of someone. I don't think they'll, they'll get a second rounder for him in their wildest dreams. And, that's where the Redskins have to be realistic. Two reasons why they won't get a second rounder for him um, because he's a first round talent. We know that, but they're not going to get a one or a two reason being is because other teams know that he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> and, you know, you don't want to mortgage that something that a pick that high, uh, you know, when, when you know the guy's not going to be here in a year, if anything. So that's one. Uh, and the second reason is because again, you're this isn't a knock on Trent because he's their most talented player, but you're giving up a second round pick for a guy that's a year older, that's a year removed from football, that hasn't played a full season in five, six years. So we're not questioning his toughness because he's a dog. I mean, he's a warrior, he really is. Mm-hmm. But again, there's a lot of factors weighing against the Redskins you know, trying to hold those cards to get a second rounder. I think if you can get a third rounder for Trent, you pull the trigger on that immediately. You you do. And you just, and you just move on. Um, You count your losses. Uh, You know, there, there's, there's going to be some other big names that are going to surface as that second wave of, you know, over the summer when those cuts come up, depending on, okay, you know, hypothetically, if they draft Chase Young and he's looking great, no TAs, minicamp, you know, Montez Sweat's looking good. You know, you still have Ryan Anderson, who really, really came on last year. You know, you you start to have to ask your question, you know, ask the question, Ryan Kerrigan, you know, what do you do? I mean, do you do you try to find a trade for him? I think most Redskins fans don't want to hear that because he is a another warrior, another Redskin, been first-class act, you know, covering him from the day he walked yep. in the building. Yep. But but you guys know nice guys don't always win. <laughs> I'm just sure. I'm just, I'm just calling it like it is. And sure. If you had a team full of nice guys but you're still losing and you have a chance to improve your team now, you know, and 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 in fairness to him, get him in a situation where he can compete for a Super Bowl. He's earned that. Perfect. You know, so maybe that's something they have to look at too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's a lot that's going to play out between now and April. Uh, yes. Said, you know, it's deep, it's a deep draft class at the left tackle spot. Uh, there's a lot that can happen now, whether it's, you know, getting picks for Trent or not. Uh, but like you said, regardless, come April, he's going to be expected to report. So, Lake, definitely appreciate you coming on, bringing your insight as always. Be sure to go subscribe to Lake's podcast, After Practice with Lake Lewis Jr., and I'm sure he'll be bringing the great content as always. Thanks, Lake. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Have a good night. Awesome. Right, you too, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.